Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. So I have a confession. I went to my first horse show this morning. Oh, uh, the Germantown? Yeah, the Germantown chair. We just, like, went with the kids, you know, something for them to do in the morning, and mm-hmm. I was hanging, hanging out with them. And um, I confess, for whatever reason, I thought it was going to be more like a rodeo. No, it's like it's like equestrian. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was like, I was like, yeah. I was telling my son, I was like, yeah. When you get there, like, yeah, yeehaw, you know, like, no, that ain't that crowd. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No. I walked in and quickly, I was like, oh, oh, this is the this, crown. It's this type of yeah. horse. It's this type yeah. of horse. Uh, this show. is rich people horses. <laughs> <laughs> it was like mm-hmm. it was all these uh, pop songs, like Ed Sheeran songs, but like orchestral, you know, like orchestral mm. versions string, of it. String version. And, and it would be like, uh, you know, okay, now jog. And like mm-hmm. then the, the rider would jog around and then walk and walk. But the kids were, you know, they like they like the horses. So that's all that mattered. Seems yeah, like a cool, seems like there's, here's what I'd say. As I said earlier, remember I was talking about the, earlier this week, I was talking about like the arena, the distinctive arena features. I admire like traditions. I admire the fact, I think it started in 1948 or 1947, according to the sign I was reading. I appreciate that there is that type of tradition in uh, in Germantown, that they've had a, a ho- charity horse show for 75 years. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. It, and you've... It's sports, baby, right? Equestrian counts as sports. 
There was like a there was like a poster of a a lady who like won Olympic gold from Germantown. It was like a you know world class you know legendary equ- I can't remember her name, but she you know world class equestrian equestrian rider. To, I think that's what they are. Equestrian to be, athlete. To be clear, a day at the racetrack is a yes. thousand times better. Yes, I will oh, yes. say though, you feel less morally confused conflicted at that type of horse show event mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they're not pumping them full of steroids they're like eh. although i will say the one who was doing like i don't even know how to describe it, it was like jumping dancing no it was like a horse that was like dancing and its feet it's like hooves were moving like really quickly like, like a rapid dog. fire like almost like you know when like a football coach does quick feet and yeah, you're like yeah. doing that mm-hmm. like the horse was doing that oh, around the God. thing and, and i was like that looks that... that can't be good for the horse that's what i was thinking to myself as i was watching it uh quick feet and then that uh up downs up downs yeah up downs up downs oh but i will say what was worse up downs or six inches you know, when you had to lay flat on your back and raise your legs six inches. Yeah. Six inches. Leg lifts sucked, or whatever. Dude. And then when you had to like do bear you, crawl. And you had to like bear crawl was Ugh. really bad. I remember I, I was a I was a high school wrestler and there was like the there was like a like literally like a coach in the offseason. Like in what was he twenty years old? Was, like, was he my all time favorite high school coach? Offensive line coach slash wrestling coach. Those uh, are those no, are the elite ones. But he was Love those he guys. was the type of wrestling coach who's to describe how like you needed to angle your body would say pecker to the mat, mm. uh, and he would just yell that out really loud. Um, but no, it was he was. And then in those old gyms where the sound reverberates. I don't think he's coaching anymore because I don't know if he'd get away with this stuff. But it was like literally like we're gonna do bear crawls until someone pukes. So like someone can put their finger down their throat or whatever. But like until I see puke, we're not we're not going. We're not stopping. That is a rite of passage. That first the first time when you throw up from a workout like mm. in like that is like an experience where you're like well, what is going on like when you're you you truly think like you're on the edge of death yeah i don't know how we we transition there from my first horse show experience but that's good stuff quite in a you know wasn't quite like a bear crawl uh this morning but i, I listen I just wanted to shout out the Germantown charity horse show because it was i think seem i'm i'm sure tonight seen, it'll be jam packed with people go look on Bennett Doyle's twitter i think Bennett is like a low key horse rider He's like, there's a video of him from I don't know, like five, six years ago, uh, at the charity horse show. Like Bennett looks mm-hmm. good on a horse. Oh, okay, like he knew what he was doing. I was like, damn, didn't know that. There we go. Okay, interesting. Well, uh, it is Friday. Did you ever know any and, horse girls? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, but not like I wasn't. I've never. They were. I. It was always bizarre. One of my cousins was like a. One of my cousins in Ohio was a uh, horse rider. They were oh you know who Jennifer Pinulay who used to work for the yeah. commercial field she's she's a horse rider I think in my experience both college and in high school the horse girls were either one of two things like the shyest sweetest girls that you could ever meet or just absolutely insane <laughs> like crazy eyes everything no there was no middle ground like there was no just like just just run of the mill. Just no it run. Was, of the, it was one or the other. No run of the mill horse girl. Interesting. Well, I don't think coming out of the weekend, unfortunately, we'll be talking about the Germantown horse show or horse girls. Uh, but there is lots to get to. Well, we don't know what your weekend schedule is. That is true. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have a. The kids did like it. Maybe we'll have a return visit yeah. to the to the show. But uh, no, a lot to get to. We've got obviously a day later. Now that we've had a chance to ruminate a little more over this Big Twelve Memphis. Uh, News from yesterday. We got. Will we be talking about that coming out of the weekend? Also, the NBA Finals game four tonight. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, we could be, you know, by the time we come back from the weekend, uh, you know, this series could be one, you know, Denver could be one win away from uh, ending it. So um, we might be talking about, uh, you know, the end of the uh, NBA season and the start of the offseason. So we'll get into that here in uh, a second. 240 or so, Blake Topmeyer will join us. He's the SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. We will get his thoughts on the Memphis Big 12 stuff as well as talk to him about the latest in the SEC uh, scheduling and Eight games, nine games. Are they going to have any the Big Ten? Yeah, are they going to have protected rivals like the Big Ten? Uh, So lots to get into with Blake. Is the SEC going to have any protected rival pluses? (laughs) Three o'clock or so. We will get into the list. Uh, Got an Al, a former MUS star, is uh, headed to Memphis out of the transfer portal. Mr. Football, yeah, Mr. Football and Mr. Baseball. Uh, First person to ever do it in the same season. Maurice Hampton Jr. Uh, but we'll talk about that in the list. Also, uh, no one wants to do hard knocks this year, uh, and we're uh, we're getting. In, in fairness, this has been like five no, years. but still, they usually announced it by now. Yeah, this well, is we're getting I, really I know, late. I know this is. I feel bad for you because you're where I was like five years ago. Mm. Like, and I understand what you're going through, so I'll help you. I'll I'll talk okay. it out with you. But we'll talk out the hard knocks stuff, and then we. You are a stadium aficionado, yes. and we've got some. It's been sta- a big week for stadiums. Yeah, we've got some stadium news out of Vegas and Jacksonville that should be of interest. Also, maybe dive into Dalvin Cook getting released. Also, it's it's DeAndre Hopkins, isn't it? This is his Nashville bachelorette we, or bachelor party weekend, right? Yes, he. This is. Yes. He gets to go visit penis the penis hats. Yes. Um, so, and then uh, we'll uh, give. Well, you then a- he's going to. Then he's going to the Pats next yes. week. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then we'll give you our games of the weekend. So a lot to dive into. But let, let's start. Are we going to be talking about still, Jeffrey? Because I think this is the biggest story right now in Memphis, obviously. Um, are we still going to be talking about this big the, – the, This I would say, you know, a certainly a tremor yesterday. Um, encouraging news that the report that the Big 12 had done a site visit to Memphis – um, I have a column up at commercialpeel.com sort of, I, I kind of compared it to, you know, this is like the, uh, this is the girl or guy. Yeah. You went, I'm going to be honest. Felt like you were de- dipping your toe into Cowherd's territory. Really? Like I was worried that maybe if Cowherd saw it, like he was going to file like a cease and desist. <laughs> the relationship. I don't know, Memphis to big 12. I don't know if that reaches his, uh, his perch. Yeah, but you it's will, just, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he has a, he has a trademark on comparing sports to uh, relationships to relationships. Well, this is, stuff. this is the, this is the girl who keeps rejecting you, but will still flirt with you just to, you know, make sure her self-esteem stays Listen, you know, is, is good. We have all been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's be clear what yep. we are. Yep. You're the safety net. Yep. You are. <laughs> you're you're there if she's out of options. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We've all been there. But Not I a also. Not fun place to be. And you know what? They always. The other thing about those girls, they could always sense, like, if you were not thinking about them, and then all of a sudden. They, just, they give you. Yeah. They, they, they just throw it they right throw out. Throw yeah. you just a little yeah, enough of a ball. Like, I'm back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Nope. Um, yeah, it's, I I don't know, but I also, I, I want to be like, ultimately though, as I say that I like really don't want to come off as like, you know, this isn't going to happen. Like it might happen. I hope it does. Um, and Memphis should be trying as hard as they can. 
you know, the Big 12 has left the door open for them, for someone, it seems like. And, yeah, there's probably some candidates who they'd, you know, who they want, they want coming through that door before Memphis. But it is great that Memphis is back in the conversation, ultimately. Um, it seems to me, you know, remember like about a year ago, like really before the stadium stuff felt real. Like I'm not even talking when it, like when it was announced, it still was like kind of felt a little far fetched. The hundred fifty to two hundred well, million and, and dollar fairness, renovation. At that point, we did we, not know the state was going to be coughing up whatever seven hundred yes. million. But so back then, before we knew about the state money, didn't it feel like you know when we were talking about these the the conference realignment landscape, we were going you know like Memphis. How do they really do? You know, you went, you talked about SMU, and you go, well, SMU's got way more money. Like they, they feel like they're ahead of Memphis on the pecking order, even though they're a similar program, and frankly, have way less passionate, a way less passionate fan base. And you could argue Memphis has been just as, if not more, successful than them over the last decade or so. Probably have been, honestly. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, they've their basketball team, you know, was good under Larry Brown. Um, and their football team has had some good years, but not any, not any as good as Memphis's. Uh, when you Memphis know, got a league title, yes. Um, and so, and then you talk, you you'd go, man, you and USF is going to try to build their own stadium, and oh, then there's boy, there's Boise State and Colorado State and San Diego State. I, I'll be honest, this news at the very least seems to have shown to me. And maybe I remember, remember even a couple months ago when everyone was like, oh, Fresno State is now ahead of Memphis in conference realignment. Not we, us. Yeah, we sniffed that out <laughs> yeah. real quick. Let, hang on. <laughs> Wait a minute here. I would say Show your at work. the very least, Memphis has shown that it's differentiated itself in the Big 12's mind from a lot of those group of five programs by getting this visit. If they, if indeed this the report is true, and I have, no one has denied, you know, no one has denied that this report from college AD is true. I, I don't think anyone has actually confirmed it locally from what I can gather. I, I just don't think, I, I think if it weren't true, it would have been, it would have been done. I think the fact that no one's confirmed, the fact, the fact that no one's denied it means it's confirmed. Um, but don't you think like it does feel like, yeah, like, yeah, they might not get into the big 12, but they have, what this showed to me is like they have made tangible progress at the very least. I mean, and I know it could be fruitless ultimately in the end, but I still think, you know, this is this is still this is still pretty good. Like what they've what they how they've positioned themselves here. Like the fact that they've got a shot again. Like that's you know that's not a not the worst. It's it's a better place to be than where it felt like they were a year ago. Yeah. So a couple of things on that. Number one, are we still talking about it on Monday? My suspicion is no, because I don't think there's going to be any developments. I mean, basically, everyone is in a holding pattern waiting for the Pac-12 media deal to come through. Correct. And so my suspicion is that doesn't get news dumped this weekend. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess it's possible here in the next couple hours, Colorado and Arizona could announce that they're going to the Big 12, but I Mm -hmm. would strongly bet against that. Doesn't it feel like all this will get settled like it did when Texas, like it'll get settled at media days, type, when everyone gets together again. I think it will get settled whenever they, whenever. Or at least it'll get reported then because everyone's going to be around yeah, each that, other that, and people will be talking. That's fine, but I think the decision will be made whenever they get whatever the final number is from the Pac-12 for the media mm-hmm. rights deal. That's when they'll make the decision because they'll just sit there and go, which one's bigger? I still ultimately think if I was to bet on something, hap- what was going to happen right now, I would bet on nothing happening. Like, 
the Pac-12, that those teams stay in the Pac-12, and the Big 12 doesn't make a move either, ultimately. That's what I would bet on as of today. Ooh, what would I bet on? I, I would bet on nothing. All of this being like a lot of much ado about nothing. I think I'd bet on the four, the corner schools. You, you'd, you'd bet on ultimately what would be pretty chaotic because the Pac-12 would be disintegrating. Correct. I think it would be disintegrated. Yeah. Well, And what would happen to the rest of the Pac-12? I think at that point, then you'll see Mountain West. My guess is Oregon and Washington will cut some deal with the Big Ten where they they're like half members, or like they're mm. they're paying. They're take, pay- they got ten years before they get Correct. full right. full pay like, or yeah, something. They'll, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll cut some kind of deal there, and then I have no idea what happens to like Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I I I don't know if you made but that's kind of. I do think a lot of the Pac-12s in shambles is coming from the Big 12 who wants the Pac-12 to be in shambles. It's beneficial to them. Yeah. I do, however, sense though when you look at the media market, I think a lot of these I think a lot of these television companies are sitting there going, "Man, we overpaid for a lot of stuff." And yeah, I, and the, and the Pac-12 they, because yeah, they're last. Correct. Is, is really going to pay the and price, the, potentially. And it does not seem to me at this point that they have convinced a streamer to come in and give them a ton of money. Like I, So my suspicion is they're going to get a pretty underwhelming deal. And Well, and I would say this also, like, I don't know. I Maybe it's crazy. In recent weeks, the prospect of being in the new AAC has not, like, obviously it's worse than what it was, and obviously it's not a great situation for Memphis. You'd much, they are being, they are not being hyperbolic when Laird Veach, and I, it's funny, I was looking up stories from, like, 2016 last night, like, yeah. when the, when the Big 12 initially told people they were open for expansion, and then ultimately it was a dog and pony show, and they didn't yeah. expand. Um, yeah, it was literally a, it was a created media distraction from, uh, the Baylor to try and distract you from uh, how horrific the Baylor thing. But was. I was looking it up, and it was funny to me because like Laird Veach always says like this would be a transformational, uh, you know, opportunity for Memphis to go to the Big Twelve. You know, like that would it would be a transformational thing. And I, and what's hilarious is the messaging has been remarkably consistent for seven years now. Like if you go back, all the people who were there in 2016, like Bowen and David Rudd, yeah. also called it very transformational opportunity to go to the big 12. Um, and I'll say this, you can already tell just when I was just looking up the clips and maybe this is a reflection of, I think this is a reflection of over time. Like there was much more um, excitement at the possibility, the, the possibility of the big 12 back then. Yeah. And then I think the I think what happened PTSD in the, had not set in, what, but yeah. yeah, no, that's what I think. What happened in that initial, not the two, one two years ago, even though that one was probably in the end more devastating than the first bypass by the Big Twelve because they chose three teams from your conference over you. I think from the fan base's perspective, definitely um, because in the the first one, no one got picked, but in the first one, it felt like they thought that uh, I'll I'll spell it out. The Fred they Smith. Cut, they thought they had cut a deal. Yeah, and then what made it more devastating at that point was the 
Big 12 was like going to do like, it was literally like a, a fraternity pledge yeah, for like bidding. Like they had a cut down, then they had pref night. Mm-hmm. Memphis didn't even make it to cut down night. Yeah. And it was like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, and so you can just tell, like, you know, everyone just looks at it differently now. We, we, there's some, there's some battle scars, you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> there's know? scar tissue. Um, and, uh, and so, but it was interesting looking back on it all, um, because of the, you know, it's the same, it's, you know, nothing has, ultimately a lot has changed in seven years and nothing has changed in seven years. Um, and I mean, really in decades, I mean, Memphis has been on a decades long search for the right conference, the conference it truly belongs in. Like, has there ever been a moment, maybe like when they were in the Metro Conference for basketball and then were an in, but they were still an independent in football then. But like, that's probably the, you know, the closest maybe they've been, right? Maybe some of those years, the early years in Conference USA, yeah. maybe. So, but like, I mean, it's a complicated question because, you know, for a while, like the the early two thousands conference USA, like you think back on it, it's like it was a lot better than people realized in real time. Like it was more or less like dismissed. Like okay, that you're you're cute, you little mid major. Like you had fine. you had good like, Cincinnati, good Memphis, and well, the problem was Memphis and Louisville were not good at the same time in those conference USA years at the beginning. The, the, for the most part, yeah, yeah. Like and that was a you know like. Ultimately, like Louisville had that lull between well, Denny Crum and, and Rick And then Pacino. there was the problem with like CUSA basketball, like had like 16 teams. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of like, uh, you're in the same league, but like basketball members versus football members. Like that was just kind of odd to me. I mean, I guess you could make the case like, when they got into the Big East, it did feel like, okay, this is it, and then it just collapsed immediately. Yeah, that, yeah you're right, but they never played in the Big yeah, East. Yeah, so. I mean, I still think the biggest problem is if you look at— I guess Denny. there was no there was no gap between Denny Crum and Rick Pitino, but there was Denny Crum kind of crumbled towards the end. Wait, Pitino placed, replaced Crum? Yep. Yeah. Wait, how long was Rick at Louisville? From 01, 02 until like 15? 16, 17. So 15 years. God, I don't think I realized that. Yeah. Um, the thing that you realize so much about this is like in today's society, it's like, well, we want somebody to do something. You realize like a large part of this is like the Memphis has been playing catch up probably since like. You had to be in a conference basically like in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and it's like, how much catch up can you do? It's like, who has truly risen out of this? All right, Louisville, Virginia Tech, Utah, um, TCU, TCU. Um, now, I mean, I would say now Cincinnati. Would you count Cincinnati, UCF? I still and uh, and uh, Houston. Well, Houston's a weird case example because they, they, the yeah. like, they used to be like they used to be, and then they weren't. They're, out, they're a bit of an outlier. Um, but that's probably it. I can't think of anyone else. I mean, what what do we do with Miami? 
Yeah, I guess like Miami count. was always like a a weird example, and then Penn State's like a weird example where yeah, like they were relevant in football, and then they were they kind of got to make their choice. But yeah, I guess Vatek. But I mean, look, we're talking about what a hand at most, what probably like seven, eight schools. Yeah, it's really freaking tough to do. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's a tall task. We know it, but uh, I mean, hey, like, even. Even Boise hasn't been able to, and like Boise no. was like they had a lot of momentum. They, like they've lost, it feels like they've lost a lot of their momentum. You know, like that's yes. a school, for instance. It, like that would be a perfect example of what I was saying. Like this visit, while you know, who knows what it leads to, it does seem to be a sign that. Wait, like, wait, Gabe's texting me. Dennis Dodd apparently saying the visit did not happen. Oh, let's see here. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. I don't know. I'm not seeing anything. Uh, Dennis is definitely also in the camp of, uh, I feel like all of his information comes from the Big 12. Mm. I uh, haven't seen anything. For, I don't see anything from his thing. But you, you can find it. But ultimately, um, hey, hopefully they're, you know, hopefully they're in the running. <laughs> um, while you look for that, let's switch course here. What else are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? We can revisit. Uh Memphis to the Big 12 later. Um, we've got game four tonight, Jeffrey. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the hesitation, like the the instinct is after watching game three, it feels like this is the same pattern that happens every single time in the Heat series. You watch, you watch the Heat not play well, and you watch Denver, and they look better, and you go, this is over. But the hesitation that I have is, you know, you it feels like you could have said that during like three different times for the Heat this year. I think the problem with this series is so much of it is just going to be defined by one question: How did Miami shoot the basketball? Like, if Miami makes their threes, like they're usually in it. Because think about Game Three; they felt physically overwhelmed for so much of that game. But then you look at the final score; it's like it's a ten-point game. And Miami shoots like sub 30% from three. It's like, well, if they shoot 40% from three, which they have done in multiple series this year, they're probably in the game. With that said, like, it doesn't it feel like at this point, like Cinderella's, like the clock striking midnight? I mean, ultimately, they're going to have to, they have to figure out how to stop that two man game of Jokic and Jamal Murray. I mean, if those guys are going to score 30 apiece. It's going to be really hard to beat no, Denver. I, I'm willing to bet if I'm willing to bet if we went and looked at the games this year that Jokic and Murray both have 30 points. I'm willing to bet their winning percentage is like almost a thousand. Well, because my what are we talking about? Because we got game. So we got we got game four tonight. We this is the only time in the NBA Finals that we will have a one day gap, if you will, one day between one off day between games because game five will take place Monday night in Denver. But there is a, you know, there's a very real oppor- real chance here we could get come back on the show Monday night, Denver's up 3-1 <clears throat> with a game 5 at home. And we could find out, you know, we could be a day away from finding out John Morant's suspension if they close out close out the NBA finals on Monday and like that'll it'll be the you know the off season is almost here. Like you know, you know, we're less than two weeks away from the NBA draft. I don't even think you know, it's weird because 
No one's really looking at the draft. Even though Memphis has three picks technically in this draft, no one's really thought about it because no one really, everyone's well, everyone's like, well, they, they, they probably need to trade this pick. You know, they need like they don't need another first round pick. They don't need another number twenty five pick in the draft for this roster. Um, but then you know the offseason will be followed quickly behind that, and ultimately, it would seem to me that considering your trade is going to involve draft picks more than likely if you're going to make a trade i would suspect like i mean these the next question. 2 weeks if you will I mean, that's the real question could be when you make like this seems the mo- most you're going to make a draft pick is a question for me yeah no but and and the other part of it is like in these next 2 weeks this this could be the time we see a trade you know like usually the draft well, is is a time when trades get made we saw denver Oklahoma City trade today that I still yes. can't figure out what it basically Oklahoma City has too many first round picks right now so they traded their first round pick right now for a like 2029 one like later but it's also like the the trade right it's like they traded the, their the worst. worst of these next 3 or something like that yeah, I don't um I don't know that was like the classic like I feel like that was like a smart guy trade that I I won't get but I mean to me I think another question mark though. Are we going to talk? Be talking about Adam Silver talking about jogging? <laughs> do we have more media rounds today? He's not going to do it. Do any more? Right? That sounds like We're, a challenge. Yeah. Well, what else hasn't he gone on? Like, what else could he potentially go on? Like, he's not going to do. He's not going to do another. Like, could he? Maybe a maybe like a courtside interview, like a join the broadcast interview with Breen Van Gundy that and is Mark an Jackson. Interesting question. Has he run out of? He's run out of venues out? to go to. I mean, I guess. You know what? You know what we could see. We could see a post-game SVP show. Adam Silver interview, maybe. Uh, I got another one. Mm. The sit down. Like sit, do a sit down interview, one on one with Malika again, with maybe. Or yeah, but he already. Um, that was yeah. pre, that was pre pre draft lottery. Yeah, we haven't had the formal one on one sit down during the finals. <sighs> yeah, I'm trying to think who else she could. Who else? Who else could he sit down with? I mean, we could get like a you know like a. I don't know what NBA is. I don't know if it's ESPN Deportes, but like NBA Deportes, we could get Spanish language interview. Uh, and maybe he's done In that, English? but like we, yeah, we, we, we just haven't tracked yeah. it down. Yeah. Um, You're right. We might be out of options. It's not a lot of venues for him to go to but anymore. But I keep pointing this out. And he seems very conscious, or at least someone around, people around him seem very conscious of the social media conversation. And. I do think we're getting after after this latest round where he did st- he did the the Stephen A. pregame show followed by Dan Patrick. He has not a sit down with Stephen A. You did you did see including a column I wrote at commercialbuilder.com, like some blowback this time of like okay uh, like you know like a national blowback of like okay didn't you say you didn't want this to distract from the NBA Finals? What is going on here? Yeah, like you say that you won't stop talking about him. I guess probably we are done, but then that begs the question back to, right. well, is Monday, you know, if is Monday going to be the last day of the NBA and therefore, like, does that start the countdown clock to Jaws' suspension yeah. being announced? Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope it's sooner rather than later, man. Let's just get this done with and move on to the offseason. Because I, like, it's funny, like, we're getting now, you know, Hollinger came out with his free agent list. Uh, I think CBSSports.com has a uh, has a free agent list up, like top fifty free agents. I believe 
we've got our first like real unconfirmed social media rumor concerning the Grizzlies that they may want to reach out to uh, Karis LeVert this offseason. That could be a, po- a possibility as that guy who fills, you know, the Dylan Brooks slot maybe or a slot on this roster. All right, you tell me if I'm in the wrong. It's too early for that. Too early for... I, I, I'm not in... I'm still not mentally... Like, don't get me wrong. I can I can make you a couple promises here on the Giannato and Jeffrey show for our listening audience. There will be two things that will be returning in July or post, post-draft. post mm-hmm. We will give trade per day. Like, that will be back. Uh, okay, And yeah, then the yeah. football take workshop. But I need that... Like, it's post-draft. Like, I... This, like, yeah, I'm just the underwhelming trades right now. Like, eh. Well, I feel like we could. I'm not into it. I feel like maybe we might be due for a trade for a day starting Monday. Because the trade could happen ahead of the draft. I mean, perhaps. But I'm not as tight. You know, I think you're right, though. I I think a trade. Like, here's the thing. What we've learned is trade hard to pull off. Trade is hard to pull off with what Memphis has. Kind of went Obama there yeah, for a trade, second. Trade hard to pull off. Yeah. Like as if like uh like uh You know like, what, Mark? <laughs> Trades are hard to pull off. Uh yeah. Um no, we got these free agent lists. Dylan Dylan made the cut on both the free agent lists. I, I think this is the big question for me as we head into the offseason. Hollinger, off Hollinger, Hollinger like, seemed to suspect he's gonna get more than the mid level. I can acknowledge that I believe this to be true. I think the Grizzlies front office, and primarily I think the coaching staff, decided it was time to let Dylan Brooks go be somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. I do think this is the defining question, though, of the offseason. Are they going to get someone better than Dylan Brooks? Well, like, here's some of the names. I mean, you could... I mean, they're talking about what Dylan... Was it Holland, Hollinger, I think, is 17 and a half, maybe? That was the board value. I think he was more... But I think he think. He seemed to indicate he thinks Dylan's going to get more than that twelve point two mid level accept. Someone's going to someone like Houston who needs to like fill cap space for a few like, and you know could use his defensive intensity is going to give him fifteen million a year. I think. I I mean I'm I'm with you. I think people are going to be surprised. Now the big question though is, what do we think that the Grizzlies well, like names, the Grizzlies extension they could have offered was four at sixty right? Was that yeah, right? Yeah. So I guess as long as he gets any number over the he gets in that ballpark, I think that's what he's gonna. I think he's gonna be around that number. What what four and sixty would have been? Yeah, I mean, but you can tell me like that he gets a little bit more. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I mean, there's Hard, there are. Can you, have you thought about if Harden goes back to Houston, Harden and Dylan on the same team? <laughs> Actually, like Dylan's the type of guy who makes sense next to Harden, right? A little bit. Nah, I guess they're There's ball one heavy. ball. Yeah, but but at least he can cover up some now, of Harden's defensive deficiencies. With that being said, I kind of want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you can – there's kind of the other thing about the Dylan Brooks because, like, I've always said, like, I'm Dylan agnostic. Like, I understand those that can't stand him. I get I, – I see the merits of that argument. I also understand, like, those that think he's very valuable. I'm kind of in the middle – but watching him and Harden try to figure out how to make that work on somebody else's team, like sign me up for that. I find that fascinating. How many how many new guy if I set the over under at one and a half new rotation guys? New rotation guys on this team, would you take the over? So we're not talking about like 
like, what does Zaire count? Like, are we talking about internal? Are you talking about non-internal growth yeah, or yes. whatever? I'm ta- Zaire would not count for this. Like, if Zaire's moving into rotation spot again, that would not count for this exercise. I think I'm going to take the under because under. the only way I think you hit the over is if they can execute a trade. And we, I mm-hmm. keep coming back to the same thing. Like, I just don't know what the trade to execute is. Oh, I'm sure there are some trades out there, you know. No, no, but I, I, but my point is what like, they can actually execute, right? You're yeah. Um, I think I'd take the over. I think they're gonna have two, but I think it's just over. I think they're gonna have two new rotation guys ultimately. So I think the, they will, someone they'll sign somebody with a mid level, and mm-hmm. then you think they make another deal. Either they make a deal, or you know, either they sign someone with a mid level and draft someone, which I think is, I don't think they want to do that, but they might. They have might. To. They might get cornered into doing it. Or yes, they trade for someone and draft trade for someone unlikely trade the draft pick, and so I think there'll be two new rotation guys. That would be my guess. I don't think they want to just have. I don't think you want to just have one. You're going to replace Dylan, and I think like ultimately, you probably need one one other guy. I mean, like if you look at the rotation, you know whether it's because you traded Tyus or you know because you need. Frankly, like you don't know what you're going to get out of Brandon Clark next year. You know for sure. <laughs> so. Um, win, win, yeah, 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 and so uh, I, I think they end up with two new rotation players when all said and done. All right, when we come back, let's ask Blake Topmeyer what he thinks about everything going on in the world of realignment. We'll do that next, right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, ninety-two nine FM. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. ESPN. Blake Todd Myers, the SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. 
You can follow him on Twitter at BTopMeyer. You can also listen to his podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered, available each and every week. Go get it wherever you get your podcasts. Blake, what's going to happen in the Big 12? Um, I, I don't know. That's been a, a question for uh, two years now, I suppose, right? Yes. Oklahoma and, and Texas left. I, I think, you know, to answer what's going to happen in the Big 12, it would help if we had some clarity on what's going to happen in the Pac-12. And I think many schools in the Pac-12 probably feel the same way, right? Um, I, yeah, I think I think schools in the Big 12 and the Pac-12 feel the same. Because to me, I don't know. Like, uh, listen, I'm I'm hopeful that Memphis could get in. I, I would I would root for that. But at the same time, like my job's not like rooting for that. My job's to sure. like, try and figure out what I think is happening. And to me, it seems like the most likely options are the Big 12 is either going to add. Colorado, Arizona, and I think they would be hoping they would be hoping to add Utah and Arizona State. I think Utah and Arizona State, if the Pac-12 were to fall apart, would probably be hoping to go somewhere somewhere more lucrative, but they might finish and settle. But like I think the answer to the question is what happens with the Pac-12 for both the Big 12 and the Pac-12 because I just don't see a scenario where the Big 12's adding group of 5 teams again. I don't think so either. Uh, I, I think the only way I guess you could conceivably see that happen is if they were able to get, for, for whatever reason, if they're able to get like a package of three from the Pac-12 and, and need to round it out. Um, but in that case, they might just decide which, which of the three is the least appealing to them and say, uh, actually, you're not invited. We'll just, we'll just take two. Yeah, because um, I did take note when, was it, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Trammell wrote that they were still holding a spot, you know, holding perhaps spots for ACC teams. You know, if maybe you hold, maybe you take two, and then you're like, well, we'll see whatever happens to the ACC or doesn't happen. But I, I'm with you. I, th- I think that maybe if they're worried about numbers, I think they would maybe not take someone rather than just take someone. I think that's right. Yeah, I think I, ideally they'd probably like to add two, and if they could get four that they like from the Power Five ranks, I think maybe they would do it. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're, they're desperate at this point to, to add for them. We have to remember, um, you know, in the, the, the transaction wheel of the last two years, they lost two and added four. Uh, so they actually will be at 12. Uh, Surprise! After, after Texas. Yeah, yeah their, their name will actually make sense. They'll be back to 12 after Texas and Oklahoma leave. Um, you know, so if, they, if they're able to peel off two from the Power Five, they get to 14, which is where the SEC – had had been for a decade, and I think that's that's probably a number that they can feel comfortable at because it's not just about the number, right? We've talked before; it's about um, adding brands that they feel enhance the conference's value. And yeah, I just I think it's a tough spot for for Memphis. I think they could be a while in that like position of oh hey, if you want to go add a a, a top tier group of five school, but that is a little bit more basketball weighted. Um, that that's your choice, but I just don't see a lot of people lining up for that. Yeah. Well, we've got some smoke from the Pac-12. Washington State's president Kirk Schultz <laughs> was speaking at his board of regents meeting today. Kirk's a take Smith, right? I'm but, pretty sure he's uh, he's not afraid of a microphone. Well, he said to his board of regents that he expects a resolution on the Pac-12's next TV deal by the end of the month, and. He gave a rare public hint at what the dollar figure might be. Quote, at least the projections uh, AD Pat Chun and I and others have seen. I'm not sure that it will be a lot larger than we saw in the past. 
and it shouldn't be smaller in the past. It may be fairly flat. Um, he didn't elaborate elaborate further, but on average, Pac-12 teams last year got $32.1 million from their media rights deal. So, I mean, that's yeah, big. I, what's, what's the new Big 12? Is it like 24? Big 12 is $31.7 million annually uh, with its ESPN and Fox deal, according to this story I'm reading. So it'd be and, like and it'd be very that. similar to the Big Twelve. Is that the new one or is that the old one? That is the new one. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate those quotes from uh, Washington State there, but I'm afraid uh, Washington State might be the the last to learn of uh, any major developments uh, in the uh, in the Pac-12. Like uh, that'd be like uh, you know getting a, a voice from Vanderbilt to weigh in on the future uh, of the SEC. Now, if it's the future of you know say. Um, the SEC's efforts. Hey, they're they're in those meetings, Blake. They can eat. Well, no, I mean, no, to, Blake, to Blake's point, though, I, I feel like the least reliable narrators right now are probably well, because what's Oregon, like, Oregon State, Washington State, right? Yeah, well, they're kind of left out in the cold. Yeah. Well, I mean, literally, yeah, his I, I comments come a day after Arizona's president said in an event in D.C. where he was he was there to testify in front of Congress, but he also did an event uh, Thursday night. He's Robert Robbins uh, told Pete Thamel, until we see a working document that gives us numbers, that's what we don't have. Until we have it, no one can make an informed decision. So Thursday, the Arizona president is saying, we don't have a document with any numbers. Friday, Pat uh, Kirk Schultz from Washington State is saying, the document we've seen says it's going to be flat. It'll look pretty good, but not great. Yeah, apparently they're bogarting all that information up in up in yeah. Washington State. Pullman, but. it's only you got to go. You got to get to you got to get to Pullman if you want to see it. It's like you know sometimes you go to the courthouse and they won't let you like uh, it's like one of those courthouses sealed. You, you can't yeah. well you can't take the documents out of the courthouse. You have mm. to like you have to take notes. You got to take uh, digital digital photos. Yeah. yeah, like federal court. You know you have to have Pacer or if you go to the courthouse you can't take them out of the clerk's office. And it's like listen. All the working documents on the TV deal are in Pullman. You got to you got to get to Pullman if you want to see them. And know who wants to go to Pullman? And I would buy guys that that certain conference presidents would would have insight maybe to the media rights negotiations. What I don't think um, a conference or excuse me a school president uh, as, as I don't think a school president, particularly one at Washington State is deeply inside Colorado's thinking and in, in are they going to stay or are they going to go? I mean, you know, when we think back to Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, I, I think that came as a great shock to their, their Big 12 peers. I think if you would have asked, uh, you know, the folks at Iowa State uh, a month before it was announced that Oklahoma and Texas were leaving the Big 12, if, if the Big 12 was in danger of, uh, of, of losing uh, any members, I'm sure the Iowa State president would have said, no, everything's, everything's grand here. Um, so, I, it, you know, he, he may have some insights into the media rights negotiations, but I, I really don't know that anyone uh, other than, say, you know, at Colorado or Arizona or anyone else that may be uh, flirting with an exit to the PAC, or excuse me, to the Big 12, those are really the people that, that know the inside of, of that thinking. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the more you hear Robbins talk, like that just sounds like a guy that's out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I mean, it's as you said, it's, it's different. If they're going to get the same number we, as the Big Twelve, why would you leave? And it's it's different information than we heard from Arizona the day before. So someone's either not telling the full truth here, or all these details just 
suddenly materialized in in, in Washington, uh, and they've not made their way uh, across state borders. Which, which, if that's the case, that tells you that that's not a conference functioning in great harmony. You know, if, if that's the truth, that one school knows what's going on and the other school doesn't, uh, well, that's a problem too. I think for your conference. This is all depressing, right? Uh, I don't know. I think it it depends on whether you think there there needs to be the traditional conferences that we've kind of come to know. Like, I mean, throughout time, we've had a lot of conference evolution. We've seen some really uh, once great conferences completely fall off the map. Uh, you know, I mean, going back to the old Southwest Conference, uh, you know, the Big East and its in its former construction. And I think some things get better and, and some things get worse. Like I was kind of mocking up potential uh, 2024 football schedule matchups this week. And I'm like, man, with Texas and Oklahoma in the league, you can create some really fun matchups um, for, the, for the pre-existing SEC schools, even beyond the obvious of Texas, Texas a and I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, potential fun matchups and rivalries that can come out of this. Um, so I think for, depending on your perspective, it can be exciting or depressing. You know, if you are um, a fan of the Washington state Cougars, it's probably pretty depressing because if your conference crumbles, there's no guarantee that you're going to have a lifeline out of there to be among the big boys. You might end up in the mountain West. Um, So yeah, I I think it depends on where you're sitting in sort of the totem pole um, and, and, you know, whether you kind of long for the days of eight or 10 team conferences, I think in a way I kind of do, I think in a way a lot of college fans kind of do, but I also see some of the silver linings uh, of some of this realignment and expansion. Other parts of it hasn't always made sense to me. I still can't tell you why Rutgers is in the big 10 really. It's so Michigan fans every other year can go to Piscataway and have a good tail. New York, Michigan fans can have a good tailgate. That's why. I mean, it's it, like, seriously though, the real answer is, Rutgers happened to be like it is the ultimate definition of right place, right time. Mm. It was the day and age in which not the this television is... television market mattered, mm-hmm. and they were trying to get new television markets. So they were like, "Well, what's the biggest television market? New York." And Rutgers was sitting there. Like it literally is like right place, right time. If it's five years later, I don't think they had Rutgers. No. Yeah, and if they could throw them back right now and replace them with somebody else. Yeah, like at least Maryland, you actually do get the D.C. and Baltimore market with adding Maryland, for instance, even though I don't think Maryland has been the greatest fit for the Big Ten. Like, people in the D.C. Baltimore markets care about Maryland. Don't forget, guys, you do need teams you can beat in leagues. (laughs) That's true. Um, That's true. Now, Maryland's good in every other sport but football, pretty much. They're pretty good at every other sport. Blake, you, you would have better insight in this because we were trying to discuss the other day of like teams that have left. How does Missouri feel? Like, because we were saying like AM seems to be pretty pleased with the SEC thing. I don't know if it gets complicated now that Texas is going to be in there. I think for a while, probably AM liked the fact that like they were it different. differentiated. Yeah, them, it differentiated yeah. them and then they could kind of poke their chest out. What's the sense from, from Missouri fans? Yeah, I think it differs probably for the administration than the fans. I think the administration is is happy to be in the SEC. Now, the folks who were responsible for that move uh, have since retired, but but I think the current administration is is very glad to be, um, you know, with with the big bad SEC and and getting the paycheck that comes with it. I think for fans, I think it's kind of split. I mean, the the novelty of being in the SEC and and hosting Kentucky for basketball or 
you know, making your first road trip to, to Bryant-Denny Stadium, I think the novelty's sort of worn off a little bit. Um, and I do think for a lot of Missouri fans, there is a feeling that something was really lost when they left the Big 12, namely a lot of their top rivalries. And that's why, you know, I do think for a school like Missouri, there is, there is some upside to Oklahoma and Texas coming in the league. You know, not that they have a longstanding rivalry with Texas, but Oklahoma, they, they have history going back to the Big 8. Now, that series is decidedly one-sided in favor of Oklahoma, but it is some familiarity. It is for your older fans, like this is an old Big 8 game. Um, for Texas, you know, DeLos Dodds infamously said in, in 2013 that Texas's bad years were better than Missouri's good years. Well, since then, Missouri, in the, in the 10 years since that comment, Missouri actually has a better record than Texas, um, and that comment still lingers uh, in Columbia, Missouri, I can tell you. Um, so I think there's a little something there with Texas, too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think in the fan base, it, it really is sort of a split feeling. I, I think some people have buyer's remorse and, and would say, wish we had still those, those old rivalries in the Big 12. But as you look at the Big 12, it's like, well, it's not really the Big 12 you remember anymore anyway. Well, I, I was, I'm kind of thinking about this. It's like, all right. Because you make a good point. The difference between a fan base and the administration is, I, I, I presume Rutgers' administration is is very happy to be in the Big Ten. But like I was thinking about it like this. Other than if you if you remove what is going to be the Big Ten, so UCLA and USC in the Big Ten, and Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC, like how many games? How many games actually excite you to watch? Like I, like when I think about like quote unquote whether or not it's depressing, it's like. For me, part of it is like, okay, forget it. Geography doesn't matter anymore. But it's like, I just don't know how many games like there are elsewhere that I, I'm super stoked to watch, and that's kind of sad because like I like watching football all across the country. Yeah, I, I think it sort of depends what becomes of these other three conferences. Like, I, I think if we lost, like, like let's just say that that. Um, the, the Pac-12 joins the state of California and just like disappearing into the ocean or something. Um, and, and, and the Pac-12, as we know it, is just gone. And those, those teams, though, move to other conferences and, and make those other conferences better, um, you know, particularly the Big 12. I still think, you know, there would be other... You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 